Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. Good morning. It's great to be here this morning. Awesome worship. Awesome prayer before worship. It's just amazing how God confirms his word through the prayer in the back, Pastor Joyce doing communion, I mean, uh, through the worship, and you're going to see why I say that as we go through the word today. So today we're, we're actually finishing our summer series in Proverbs, and we're covering Proverbs chapter 8 today. Last week I know Proverbs chapter 6 was covered. I had the privilege to share the word in our Staten Island campus. It was awesome. And uh, now I have the honor to share the word here today. So we're doing Proverbs chapter 8. Um, as I was preparing with Proverbs, you know, before we go on, I just want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just surrender to you this time. Father, I pray, oh God, that you would have your way. Have your way. God, let your word, Father, permeate our hearts. Lord, let it just captivate us by the power of of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, give us understanding, O oh God, to what your Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I was preparing Proverbs chapter 8, um, I asked myself, who is Proverbs 8 talking about? All right? And, uh, and I believe that the person Proverbs 8 is talking about I believe is Jesus personified. It talks about him talking about his own existence in the beginning as the first son, firstborn son of God. He is, he was, and always will be. He was with Jehovah God in the beginning of creation. And all other things were created. And wisdom, I believe in this text, is Jesus. You'll see as we go through the scriptures, the characteristics of the literature that Solomon is bringing across. And you'll see that it, it's, you would think it's Jesus himself speaking to his people. Now, as we go through Proverbs 8, we're going to find the hope that is found in wisdom. The hope that is found in wisdom. Now, we have six points I want to cover, but there are 12 keys I want to highlight that show us that we have hope in wisdom. I'm going to start off by a quote by a reverend from the 1800s by the name of George Campbell Morgan. He was also a preacher and Bible teacher and also a prolific author, it says. But listen to this quote. There is nothing greater or grander in all the biblical literature as setting forth the beauty and grace 
of that wisdom which has the fear of Jehovah as his chief part. I say it again. There is nothing greater or grander in all biblical literature as setting forth the beauty and grace of that wisdom which has the fear of Jehovah as his chief part. Remember Proverbs chapter 1, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Some translations say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So point number one, the call of wisdom, the call of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8, I'm reading out of the New King James translation. Okay, for those of you who are looking on, on your phones. And take notes. I'm telling you, um, when Pastor Joyce shared on Proverbs 3, I mean, I had a whole lot, a bunch of notes in my notes section of my phone. And just like she said, wisdom is the process of cause and effect. And like I shared last week, it's basically, it's very elementary. If you obey wisdom, you get a positive result. If you disobey wisdom, you get a negative result. Very simple. So let your ears hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying today. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. Wisdom cries out. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes a stand on the top of a high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. So here in verse 1 says, Do not, does not wisdom cry out? As before in Proverbs, we see Solomon, he wrote, here he wrote of wisdom as if it were a person. Here in this case, he's talking about a, a noble, beautiful, helpful woman, which was, I found it amazing, in contrast to the immoral woman of Proverbs chapter 7, which we didn't cover, but read it on your own, is similar to chap, chapter 6, and also similar to the seductress woman in Proverbs chapter 6. Key number one, we have hope in wisdom because wisdom moves publicly and speaks direct and authoritative truth. The word of God is truth. And the truth makes you and I free. In verses 2 and 3, she takes her stand at the top of the high hill. Wisdom personified cries out as widely and broadly as possible. She speaks to those beside the way and where the paths meet. She makes her call in the most public of places, by the gates and at the entry of the city. We have, key number two, we have hope in wisdom 
because wisdom is not hidden, it cries out to all who will listen. That's why, in like manner, we have to carry this wisdom and speak it to the highways and byways. In turn, we also have to proclaim the gospel in the most public of places as well. That's why Church on the Lawn, we're having next week, you should go out and invite everybody you can to come out and partake of this amazing event. You know what? It could be the first day of their new day in life. You can be the one person that that individual will talk about for the rest of their lives. If it wasn't for Pastor Victor inviting me to church on the lawn, I don't know where I would be today. It's going to be a great time. Invite your family, friends. We're going to have barbecue on the lawn. It's just, it's a lot of fun. But at the same time, the word of God is going to go forth in power. So let's take advantage of that. It's a great opportunity for us to obey wisdom. Key number three, we have hope and wisdom because wisdom is available to all people. Our God is not a respecter of persons, neither should we. Like I shared last week, think of that person you cannot stand to be in the room with. Come on, be real. Well, that very person is the one person that the Lord is longing to bring into the faith. Ah. I'm going to give you the greatest wisdom known to mankind. You want to get rid of that horrible feeling? Pray for that person. Ask the Lord to bless them. Ask the Lord to prosper them. Ask the Lord to reveal himself to them. When you do that, guess what happens? What happens is the spirit of God, the compassion of the Lord begins to settle in your heart for that person. And then that, that struggle that you had in the past is now a desire to continue to pray for that individual. And the love of God begins to permeate in your heart. You can't resist it. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, right? He says, love those who curse you. Tough pill to swallow, right? In the natural. But are you a child of God or not? Another quote. I love quotes. This is by a person named Garrett. I don't know first name, last name. I don't know if it's a male or female. But I read this quote and it was perfect in this text as I was doing the study. It says, the important point is that wisdom is for ordinary people. She is not confined to the academic classroom 
or to the sacred precincts of the temple, nor is she high atop some mountain where only the haughtiest and most determined will find her. To the contrary, she wants to attract all and be accessible to all. I think that sounds like Jesus' mission. Point number two, Proverbs 8, verses 4 through 11. The goodness wisdom promises, the goodness wisdom promises. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot compare to her. Key number four, we have hope in wisdom because wisdom carries the voice of truth and righteousness. Wisdom carries the voice of truth and righteousness. In verse 7 8, it says, For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness, and nothing crooked or perverse is in them. See, when wisdom speaks, it is true. When people use lies, they should not be trusted to be communicating wisdom, right? Here, Solomon spoke of wisdom personified. This is the message she presented to men and women, all who will listen to her. Wisdom demands our undivided attention. Mm. See, the loudness and the perseverance of the voice is that of an earnest friend who warns of danger. Key number five, we have hope in wisdom because wisdom says of words that there is nothing crooked or perverse in them. Wisdom desires to build us up. Wisdom desires to encourage you. Wisdom desires to motivate you. Because of this, the words can be understood. They are plain to him and to her who understands. Another quote, this time by 
someone that we know, Mark Twain. Everybody heard of Mark Twain? He says, it's not the parts of the Bible I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. Woo! Ain't that the truth? Why is that? Because wisdom brings conviction. The lies, the counterfeit wisdom brings condemnation. So if you are taking heed to the word of the Lord, you're taking heed to wisdom and it's bringing conviction, then praise God. It's doing its job. Now, whether you respond to it or not, it's a whole different story. Just like last week, I shared this when I, when I was talking about adultery. When you commit adultery, you think that the only way it's sin is if you get caught or if people know about it. But when you commit adultery, the one that destroys is you. Scripture says that it destroys its own soul. Don't be deceived. Take heed to the word of the Lord. Embrace wisdom. Let it do what it needs to do. Key number six, we have hope and wisdom because there is clarity and a straightforward character to wisdom. Integrity matters. Living a life and revealing a per as a person of good character matters. I value my character. I value my integrity. If there's nothing else at the end of my run here on earth, I want people to be able to say, man, that Victor was a really a good man, a man of integrity. Good with me. And not so I can boast of myself, no. Because people can say that I was a man of my word. People can say that I was a man that honored people and kept his word and loved people. But above all, love God. It could be said of the scriptures in general that they're all plain to him who understands. Of course, we come through scriptures. There are occasional passages that are deep and require a deeper study so we can get understanding. But the fundamental truths of the word of God are plain for all those who trust God and honor his word. So the real question is, how much do you trust God? How much do you honor his word? 
Look at what Solomon's father said, King David, in Psalm 25. In verse 20, he says, Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. He said, Let integrity and uprighteousness preserve me, for I wait for you. There's nothing greater than to trust God no matter what, even though your prayer hasn't been answered yet. In the process, he is building you up. He is shaping you up. He is preparing you for what he has in store for you. You're in the process. Look at it, verse 26, uh, chapter 26, verses 1 to 3. He says, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I also trusted in the Lord. I shall not slip. Then he says, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and try my heart. For your loving kindness is before my eyes. And I have walked in your truth. We need to not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. You know, there was, I shared this last week too, but I feel like sharing it now. There was a, my son, when he was younger, he used to get this Christian magazine called Sports Spectrum. And in the middle, there's always a poster. He loved the posters. And in his room, he would put them all up. But there was one poster in particular that was awesome. It said, be courageous. Right? So he put it on his closet door. And he's looking at it. And, uh, and then it had the word character below it. And then in the bottom of quotes, it says, what you do when nobody's looking. So I, I would always tell him, whenever I talk to him or anything like that, I said, Eric, remember... Do the right thing. When we used to pray before he went to bed, he would always talk about that poster. And he, in the beginning, he asked me, what does it mean? And I shared with him what it means. So and then I would say, and remember, Eric, always do the right thing, okay? So now when I say do the right thing, it'll really, it automatically connects them to that poster. Even till today. I go, Eric, remember, he goes, I know, Dad, do the right thing. <laughs> Point number three, what wisdom has and gives. Verses 12 to 21. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance, the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me princesses rule and nobles. All the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. 
Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. Just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful writing. It was, to me, I pictured it like the waves in the ocean. Key number seven, we have hope and wisdom because wisdom dwells with prudence. Where prudence, self-control, and good judgment is found. Now, what is prudence? Prudence is wisdom applied to practice. Prudence is wisdom applied to practice. So whoever, wherever true wisdom is, it will lead you to action. So when wisdom convicts you, let it lead you to action. A life given to impulse and extremes will not gain, appreciate, or display wisdom. That's why making a major decision in your life spontaneously shows a lack of wisdom. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, and this is the amplified version, where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall. And of course, like a ship without a helm, but in the abundance, abundance of wise and godly counselors, there is victory. Other text says there's safety. I will never ever make a major decision spontaneously. My boss got me angry, that's it, I quit. I'm out of here. Then when the anger settles down, how am I going to pay my bills? That's it. I'm not coming to this church anymore. I got offended. I'm done. I'm out of here. Believe it or not, when that happens, God's working in you. Look at all those. Jesus and everything Jesus endured on his way to the cross. Did he abandon his mission? No. As a matter of fact, this is what he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So before you make a major decision in your life, seek counsel. May I go to my mother. She's a praying woman of God. On her knees, minimum three hours in the morning. No one can interrupt her prayer time. No one. Phone can ring until it blows up. She ain't answering. I go to Bishop, her spiritual dad. Go to Pastor Tom, 
Pastor Fred. These are men that walk the same walk I walk. These are men that love God. These are men that are God-fearing men. Key number nine, we have hope and wisdom because it is a rewarder of those who diligently seek wisdom. When we do that, receive wisdom and embrace it, we receive the blessings, the riches, the honor, and the righteousness that comes with it. Point number four. Proverbs 8, 21 to 31. Wisdom was from the beginning. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his work of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, from there was before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While I was yet, I, he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. Now remember what I shared in my opening? Why I think Wisdom in this chapter is Jesus personified. Doesn't that sound like the characteristics of Jesus? Look at the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. The amplified version. Just powerful and amazing. It says, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life and the power to bestow life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. I said the light shines in the darkness. That's why Pastor Joyce is able to come in in the midst of the lies of the enemy trying to cause depression to hover over her and she's able to worship and the light can permeate the darkness and reject it instantaneously. That's why darkness has no power over you and me. Why? Because the light of Christ reigns on the inside of us. We got the Holy Spirit within us. Wherever we go, he goes. 
And when we open our mouth, that light shines and rejects the darkness. In him was life and the power to bestow life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it, and the darkness did not overpower it, and the darkness did not appreciate it, and the darkness did not absorb it, and the dark darkness was unreceptive to it because it can't be receptive to the light of Christ. It can't be receptive to the power of God. Remember, the devil is a liar. He is a counterfeit to the truth. He's defeated. He's a defeated foe. You took communion this morning. That's why it's so important you realize what you're doing. We are being reminded of the power of the cross. Before the mountains were settled, oh my God, poetic beauty from Solomon. He considered many aspects of wisdom and how God used wisdom to design and arrange it all. Wisdom could say, I was beside him as a master craftsman. Amazing. Point number five, wisdom asking for attention. Verses 32 and 33. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Verse 33. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. For blessed are those who keep my ways. And sometimes subtle and sometimes obvious ways, the world, the flesh, the devil will try to discourage us from embracing wisdom, wisdom. Like if it's a waste of time. When it's actually the opposite. We are blessed when we keep her ways. We have hope and wisdom, key, key number 10. We have open wisdom because in the beginning, before there was ever an earth, God used wisdom to make something out of nothing. Key number 11. We have hope and wisdom because there is great blessings when we keep her ways. And the last point, point number six. Verses 34, 36. Folks, if you grasp nothing else, listen to this. This is the sole purpose of the whole book of Proverbs. Listen. Blessed is the man who listens to me, or woman, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Whoever finds wisdom finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. I don't know about you, I'm going to embrace wisdom. But he who sins 
wrongs his own soul. Again, you reject the word, you're only destroying yourself. All those who hate me love death. I'm embracing life, not death. Last but not least, key number 12. We have hope in wisdom because in it we find life and favor from the Lord. The bottom line is to reject wisdom is to destroy ourselves and embrace that. So are you going to embrace life or are you going to embrace death? That is the question. You might say, no, life. Then you have to obey the word. Not just hear it. Let the spirit of the Lord do what he desires to do in you. Don't resist it. Give in to it. Let us stand up to our feet. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We talked about that the darkness cannot comprehend the light. It has no power over the light. Well, I experienced that light 1993. And I surrendered my life to the Lord. And that light began to shape me and mold me into the man that God created me to be. If you are here and you never took that first step, you might be hearing this. This might be all new to you. You understand the pain part because we all go through it. You understand the struggles. But you really want to understand, what do you mean by walking in the light? What do you mean by embracing the light of Christ? Well, if you want to find out what that means, then today's the day that the Lord has made for you. Today's your day of your new beginning. How do you do that? If you've never surrendered your life, it's as simple as, Lord, I surrender my life as it is. Take me as I am. I know I'm not living a life that's right before you. But I surrender it all. I ex exchange my life for yours. If you've never prayed that prayer, you never surrendered your life to Christ, lift up your hand right now. We'll pray for you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. We've all been where you are. We had the courage to surrender ours, and we pray you have the courage to surrender yours. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that from the very beginning, Father, you had us in mind. And Lord, Father, if there's anyone here, Father, who has yet to surrender their life to you, Father, I pray 
that you would draw them by the power of your Holy Spirit. For we know your words that no one comes to the Father lest they be drawn by the Spirit of God. And Father, I just thank you for your word today. Father, that you would help us to embrace wisdom. That you would help us, oh God, to walk by faith and not by sight. That you would help us, oh God, to be, Father, a person, oh Lord, that endures hardship. A person that walks, oh God, trusting you and believing in the power of your word. Father, let your word shape us and mold us and create a right spirit within us. Father, we surrender all. Lift up your hand right now. Just surrender to the Lord. Father, we worship you and praise you. Someone worship him in this place. Someone give him praise. Someone give him glory. Someone give him honor. If you love the Lord, express your love to him right now, however you feel like it. Father, we thank you. We honor you and we worship you. We worship you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and thank you for your grace and thank you for your love that endures forever. Father, we honor you, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, for allowing us, oh God, to have this time with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at resurrectionchurchofny.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242 and be sure to follow us on Instagram at reschurchnyc. Take care and God bless.